jail. And so, uh, unfortunately, when Scott stayed in jail, uh, it wasn't because he wanted to. And uh, in fact, you've just recently gotten out of uh, how many months of incarceration? Uh, ten, just ten months. Ten months, okay. Short timer, that's what short, call that. Oh, that's a short time. Yeah. Less yeah, than what is a short time? Oh, yeah, less than five years. Is a short, less than five years is a yeah. short time. Yeah. <laughs> now, we may laugh a little bit about this, but I, I hope you understand um, that I take it seriously, and so does Scott. Mm -hmm. um, I think the fact that he's come to be able to laugh about it a little bit um, is to realize how far he's come in the Lord. Uh, Scott, tell everybody uh, uh, how old you were when you started abusing drugs and alcohol and just give them a kind of a snapshot of your life from then till now. Right, right. Well, I was a, I was a, I was a very young man and I mean, yeah, I, you Go know, but first of all, I'm really kind of a little bit nervous and, and especially seeing how, I mean, Considering my background, I mean, if I was to walk in someplace wired like this, I think I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, and, I, you know, I was, like, praying about, you know, what I wanted to say, and I was like, you know what, I think, I think the best thing to do would be to just, you know, tell the truth, you know. It's like, you know, because I, I, could, I could muddy the water, you know, and, and I could, you know, try to paint a picture that looks really good, but, you know, it's like, like we were talking about this, this, this morning. You know, I want to make it clear from the beginning that, that, you know, there is not a better life through better drugs. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, I want to put that on top of everything because that's, that's you know, this is what he's delivered me from. And, um, you know, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking, hey, well, what's the best way to start? You know, it's like, it's like, you know, Whatever, whatever I say, you know, it's like I'm not condoning any of this, you know. It's like, you know. Right. Um, right. You're so. going to tell the story, and they're going to understand, especially by the time we get done. Exactly. They're going to understand that you, you don't approve of any of this. Mm -hmm. So he may laugh about it, or we may mm -hmm. laugh about it a little bit. If you find right. something funny, right. you can laugh about it. Well, yeah. But um, bottom line is um, that we're going we're gonna to discover, if you didn't already know it, is that the Christian life is where we want to be and not in any other life. Exactly. So, so start exactly. from the beginning because right. it'll be instructive for them to just hear some of those things that we talked about this week. Right, right. That's the other thing I was thinking. I was, I was like, you know, it's like if you want to know how to do something, you know, you ask an expert. And unfortunately, I, you know, I mean, I was very young and I started when I was, um, you know, 13 years old, you know, alcohol, uh, you know, pot, whatever. And, uh, you know, it... It started out, you know, like every, you know, weekend or whatever, you know, and and pretty soon by the time I was in high school, it was an everyday thing. I mean, it was it was all day, every day. And, you know, it wasn't unusual for me to, you know, go from class to class, um, you know, taking a little pit stop between classes and, and administering more of, you know, whatever stuff it was. And, you know, it wasn't unusual for me to have, you know, like four or five different kinds of whatever, you know, and, and, and I was more than happy to play, you know, show and tell. And, and um, you know, and that just progressed, you know, and by the time I was done with high school, I knew I needed to go away somewhere. And I was like, well, I'm going to go away to school and everything will change. And, you know, I'll leave this problem behind me. And, you know, that worked for all of a month, maybe. Where, where did you go? I went to Arizona. Oh. Went to school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, I remember thinking, you know, it's like I, I gotta, I gotta get away from this problem. But a month later, you know, it was the same, same stuff, you know. And 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 I, I mean, I could, I could go down the list, you know, of all the different items, you know. But it's, I don't know that it's really important, no. you know. It's just, it's, it's all the same. And and you know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm in a I'm in a treatment thing now. So that you know, they gave us a whole list of them. You know, and there's new ones now that I've never even heard of. You know, there's like, you know, I couldn't. I I had no idea there were so many. And but um, whatever the case, um, I got to the point where, you know, I came back home and I continued doing what I was doing for another you know six eight months. And then and then I uh, had a psychotic reaction to a 
bunch of stuff that I was doing and it scared me straight for several years and I went back to school, you know, and I got one degree and I was working on another one and, uh, you know, and then one day, you know, for whatever kind of stressors or whatever you want to talk about, you know, I chose that path again. That chose that particular sin again, and the next thing I knew, I was gone for five years, and and you know, for much of that time, I didn't see my family. You know, I was gone, and you know, my uh, my addiction had progressed to the point where where I was, you know, experimenting with things that that are, you know, what we call the the granddaddy drugs, you know, and um, I got to the point where even that stuff didn't work anymore, and. Uh, I was in that, that place where, that's awful place where, where I couldn't live with drugs, I couldn't live without drugs, and I didn't know what else to do. And uh, so I went to treatment, you know, for the first couple of times, and the second time it stuck. And, uh, you know, I was introduced to 12 step, and I was so desperate for something different, anything different, that um, I just dove in head first, you know, and, and they said, you know, well, you got to have a higher power. And I was like, oh, well, I know what that is. You know, it's like I went to church, you know, it's like I asked Jesus into my heart when I was a little boy and I was baptized right here when I was like nine years old. And I was like, wow, this is the best news I'd ever heard, you know, and I was in treatment, you know, I was like, I busted out that New Testament, you know, and blazed right through it because, you know, I, I knew that there was an answer. I, I knew that, wait, you know, there's a, they're saying there's a spiritual answer, and it's like, you know what, I, I know they're right. And um, so <laughs> I jumped right into it, and, and you know, and I, I got to come back to church here, you know, and, and it, was, it was incredible, you know, um, to be able to, to actually serve the Lord. And, and, and Was that when, about when I came? Yeah, okay. yeah, like, like right. a month after, okay. maybe, maybe two or three months after you Which came. Which is like yeah. nine years ago now. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, you know, it was incredible, and, and, you know, but, you know, the, the, the enemy, you know, definitely wanted to take me out, you know, and, and just like he wants to take us all out, you know, and, and, and he knows, he knows, you know, our weaknesses, and, and, you know, all I had to do is get me in the right frame of mind, and, and it took a good year, but eventually I did get in the right frame of mind where, you know, I chose that path again, and, uh, yeah, and then I was gone for two years, and, and, uh, you know, this will be my first, this is my first 4th of July, like, not incarcerated in three years. Three years ago. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was really, it was nice to be here. Um, and, and essentially, because of those two years and things that you did in the drug culture, that caught up to you, and that's why you were in jail. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. And I, I do, I consider it a lifetime achievement award, you know, because I got away with you know, running amok for many, many years, you know, and I got hooked up with some people this time, you know, some, you know, career criminals, and, uh, you know, so it didn't take long before I was on the radar, you know, and, and, and at that oh. point, you know, I was racking up points quicker than, yeah, it was, it was bad, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I went and did my time, and I, I just took my one-year coin tag, whatever you want to call it, at uh, NA the other day, and, so you've been yeah. clean for a year now. Yeah, yeah, June 26th. Yeah. Now I want you to know something important uh, about the sermon that I hope to preach today that I think God wants us to hear, and that's this. It's not about drug abuse. It's about spiritual freedom or spiritual slavery. Because that's the issue we're talking about. Yes, there's a physical component. Certainly, you can, uh, uh, I would suppose, I, I'm, you're the expert, not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and I, I thank the Lord that mm -hmm. uh, he preserved me from that. But mm -hmm. I would suppose a person could do one little this or one little that and not get physically hooked. But it doesn't take much yeah. Yeah. until there is a physical dependence as well as the spiritual dependence. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yep. But what I want you to understand today is that the spiritual issues that are at play, whether it's drug abuse or many other things, are all the same. Hmm. It's about spiritual slavery or spiritual freedom. And um, give this back to me now. And so... I want to start with this question 
when I, the title of the sermon is Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death, because frankly, I think either you're going to live in the liberty of Christ or you're going to live in the death of, of Satan, uh, even while you're alive. And so the first question I want to ask is, how does the world define freedom? And the best thing I've been able to come up with is something like this. The world's idea of freedom is having the unrestricted opportunity to do whatever makes you happy. Period. Let me be free. Okay? Don't tell me when I have to buy health care. Don't tell me whether I can build my house this way or that way. Don't tell me whether I have to go to school or not to school. Don't tell me whether I have to take the garbage out. Don't tell me nothing. I'll do what I want, when I want, where I want, how I want, with whom I want. And that's the world's idea of freedom. And part of that concept of freedom has been encouraged by the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, which says, we believe these truths to be self-evident that our Creator has endowed us with certain inalienable rights, among which are the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, those men who wrote those words believed them with all of their heart. The problem is they aren't in the Bible. God has not endowed us with the right to choose and to seek happiness as we see fit. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not a socialist. I'm not, I'm not hoping for socialism. Don't get me wrong there. Don't get on a sidetrack. What I'm saying is, God's definition of freedom involves some restriction. The world's definition of freedom means no restrictions whatsoever. Now, when you were 13 years old, you were free to make some choices. Oh, yeah. According to this definition, you made some choices. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, what he told me was, is, was it your neighbor friend or your yeah. friend at school? Yeah, friend at school, yeah. He, he said, hey, let's smoke some cigarettes. And yeah. you went, sure, let's smoke some cigarettes. And then he said, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, let's just drink, let's, let's drink some yeah. liquor. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let's yeah. smoke some, whatever. Mm -hmm. Free to make choices. And you freely made those choices. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Nobody, he didn't twist your arm? No, no, no. no. It, was, it was the hip slicking cool thing to do. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. Well, and frankly, it still is, isn't mm. it? The hip slicking and cool thing yeah. to do. Okay, you were free. Did you feel free in all of these years since then? Did you feel free? Did you feel like, hey, I'm free, I can do whatever I want? Not the last 10 months, <laughs> for sure. -uh. Well, there may have been times when you felt freedom. Maybe I should ask the question this way. Did making those choices really produce more freedom and more joy in your life? Not even, not even, because, you know, I mean, Originally, I, I I had that thought, you know, it's like, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be, um, you know, artistically, I'm going to be more open-minded. You know, I'm going to I'm going to you know expand my horizons. And, and and the truth of the matter is, is it took very little time before I was I was in a little tiny room, you know, for for like five years, um, cooking drugs. I mean, and that was my life. My my whole world had shrunk to a, like. Uh, this little, you know, bathroom area, and that was it. Wow. You know. So you were, and for those of you who don't know, he's musical, and very soon you'll you'll see him demonstrating that talent again uh, here as part of our worship team. But so you were musical back then. When you talk about art, you're talking about art, mm -hmm. perhaps in that way. Oh yeah. And so you thought drugs will expand your mm -hmm. creativity or whatever, oh, yeah. and in fact, just oh, the opposite happened. Opposite. Uh, it, that, that is the second point that I want to come to right here is this. What is the result of the world's concept of freedom? Well, I think the answer to that is another question. Do you read the newspaper? Do you watch the TV news? 
The television news stories are the same every night. They just have different names. Aren't they? Some actor or actress or the guy down the street got arrested for drunk driving or killed somebody while drunk driving. Some marriage is breaking up. This week it's the gores. Some young man was hanging out late at a nightclub and got drunk and beat somebody up. Some parent or caregiver abused their child. Someone was growing drugs in nice homes in Snohomish County. All of these choices freely made. Made by the freedom of doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do. It's always the same. The world's concept of freedom brings the constant repetition of pain and suffering interrupted by brief periods of fun. That's because of this truth. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the, the end thereof is the way of death. See, the world says, hey, if I want to be happy, I, I've got to be absolutely free. Scott, from, from age 13 to age 42 and a half, whatever, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've had the freedom to repeat and repeat and repeat any behavior you like, and how has that worked out for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of behaviors I I would wish that I didn't you know repeat, and um, I mean they, that's what they teach us at these uh, twelve step meetings. They say that um, obsession and compulsion is the the core of of my disease. That coupled with you know extreme self centeredness and um, you know I can take anything. I mean it doesn't it doesn't have to be chemicals. I mean I uh, my history is is that. Um, you know, I will, I will try to fill something, use something to fill that hole, you know, it, it's like, and, and, it's a, and it's a spiritual void. And, and unfortunately, you know, drugs just make that void so much bigger. But, you know, I mean, I could go down the list. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, accomplishments, you know, trying to be something, you know, uh, trying to, you know, get the bigger job, the bigger paycheck, you know, the, the bigger education, you know, the bigger house, um, trying to be all this stuff. You know, and, and, and if that's not working out, then, you know, then oftentimes I would, I would turn to other things, you know, like I, I, would, I would turn to, to exercise or, or over, overeating, you know, or whatever, you know, to, to try to fill that void and, and, you know, and do that same activity, that same over and over and over. Yeah. And I, I don't quote this next verse to insult Scott. I quote this next verse. <laughs> He's seen my notes ahead of time, so. <laughs> And, and we've been, we've, you know, I quote this because this is the truth of sin. As a dog returns to its own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. You ever seen a dog throw up and then eat it? And you're going, don't do that, don't do that! Isn't that what you want to say to some people sometimes? Don't do that, don't do that, stop that, that's killing you! But it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going, because it isn't freedom. There is no such thing as spiritual freedom, as personal freedom, outside of Christ. Uh, yeah, there's some things that look free, there are some things that look better than others, but there is no real freedom outside of Christ. Read with me, or follow please, as I read Ephesians chapter 2. And as I ask this third question, why doesn't our human concept of liberty work? Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you, he's talking to Christians here, of course. And you, he made alive who were, you were at one time dead in your trespasses and sins. He says, before we were Christians, we're totally overrun, we're, we're controlled by trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, just as others. 
You see, we were all dogs returning to our vomit at one time until God saved us. But before we get to that good part, we have to ask the question, why doesn't our concept of human liberty work? And the reason is because mankind is unaware of his inborn deficit, which God calls the sin nature. He says, we were all dead in trespasses and sins. If you don't know this, I got bad news for you. Children come out of the womb with a direction headed towards sin. It's what God talks about in Romans 5. It's the result of what Adam and Eve did. We're all born with the sin nature. And we grow up and we get opportunities to make choices and we make sinful choices. And God says that sinful nature overruns us, but he says it doesn't work on its own. Look in verse 2 at what works with it, at what forces there are that encourage the sinful nature. And the first and foremost is Satan himself. He says, you once walked according to the course or the pattern of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There are many names for Satan. He's called the devil. He's called the adversary. He's called the prince of the power of the air. It appears that God, uh, maybe in his original creation, gave Satan authority to over this earth as an angelic uh, uh, part of his creation. He was an angel. He chose to sin. And now he still retains a degree of that rule because God allows it. And so Satan is at work in the world using culture to encourage spiritual slavery. How do you see Satan using, how do you, if, as you would look back, how would you see Satan using culture to encourage spiritual slavery for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I've noticed, you know, it's, it's the, the, the pop culture is, is telling, telling us, you know, from a very young age that, that it's, it's going to be, you know, if, if I don't experiment in these things, I'm going to be missing out on something, you know, and, and um, even, 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 you know, even in my own family, I mean, a lot of times we would have, we would have get togethers and there's, you know, one segment of the family that, that, you know, was, was pretty heavily involved with alcohol and stuff and, and, you know, and a lot of times. And, and before we, we also ought to mention there that that uh, your dad didn't get saved till later in life, right? Well, yeah, yeah. How old How old were you when he got saved? Oh, young, like eight, nine. Okay. Wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. there's a seg- when he talks about a segment of the family, we're not talking about uh, no, no, not Don that, and Ann not that particular the tab every week. <laughs> not that particular. But segment we have to understand the that that salvation came <laughs> no. a little later to their life. So the rest mm. of the family. So you're talking about that, and so you see oh, that yeah, as yeah. as normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and, you know, and, 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 you know, we, they argue about that, you know, some circles, you know, okay, well, you know, we've got alcohol over here, it's legal, we've got other, you know, substances over here that aren't legal, you know, and we could argue about that all day, <laughs> same, but, same. you know, exactly, I mean, yeah, I mean, now they're even trying to, you know, tax candy bars now, so, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a whole nother, a whole nother yeah. deal there, but, the the thing is is that you know I felt you know and, and as as a lot of a lot of younger folks you know that that were missing out on something you know that that, that lifestyle actually has something to offer and, and and I think of it like Satan in the garden I mean he said you know same thing with Eve you know it's like you know well God has said this to you but don't you know don't you think maybe you know he's trying to he's holding something back from you you know yeah. it's like this is gonna be something good you know and 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 you know. He just doesn't want you to have that for some reason, and, and you know, and what I've got for you is, is so much better, and and, and it's just it, it's and, it, and it's a lie, and and you know, yeah. it's, it's I mean the word tells us that, that if if I live for pleasure, it's like I'm 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 dead while I'm still walking around, and 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 yeah. eventually that's what I felt like. When Scott, when Scott made that comparison, and, and I'm standing up just because I need to for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, when Scott made that comparison this week, I thought, wow, that's really profound. Satan said to Eve, let's put it in the vernacular, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what the world says to us today. You're missing out. Mm-hmm. 
You're missing out on sex. You're missing out on drugs. You're missing out on living a certain kind of life in a certain kind of place. You're missing out. You're missing out. This is a great thing for you. And all the while promising some new experience. We're going to expand your mind. We're going to expand your world. But the truth is there is slavery. But one of the things we can do to protect ourselves comes from this verse. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. <laughs> Did you have any evil company along through these years? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, because I was thinking back and I was, I was thinking, you know, in high school, you were asking me about high school. And I was like, well, you know, all my friends, you know, they, they were in town, you know, people I worked with. And, and I started thinking about my best friends. And I was going, well, you know, there's a couple of drug dealers, you know, a pot grower. You know? I was like, yeah. And, and these are the people yeah. that, that I was hanging out with. I, yeah. The prince of the power of the air doesn't want clear headed thinkers of any shape. If he can cloud your mind with drugs or with sex or with some relationship that maybe is not sexual, or if he can cloud your head with the dream of greatness, or if he can cloud your head with the, the dream of power or money or whatever it is, if he can cloud your head with that through the culture, you've become enslaved. There's no freedom there. And that's what he's trying to do. We all once walked this way, it says, according to the course of this world. It's the way of the world. We all conducted ourselves. There's a second force that's mentioned here, and it is just strictly our flesh. Look at verse 3. Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh. If you don't know this, I got bad news for you. You're body wants stuff and some of it's good in fact maybe the root of everything your body wants is good but the way that it gets it is not good for instance um, our body likes ease I would rather be sitting in my lazy boy right now than standing up here <laughs> Okay. Uh, we like ease. We like pleasure. We like the feeling of food going through our mouth. We like um, the feeling when somebody pats us on the back and says, good job. There's all kinds of stuff that our body enjoys. The problem comes, according to this verse, when we live in those desires. Uh, God intends for us to have happy, joyful feelings. I, I can remember the feeling when I graduated from college and, and the, 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 the campus down there at Corbin University has a gymnasium up on a hill and you can see way out. And I can remember standing there and looking out and thinking, wow, man, I am on the top of the world. You know, I graduated from college. And, and uh, what a great thing. I remember that great feeling. That's a fine thing. But there are some wicked ways to get a fine feeling. And, and essentially, that's what you did for all these years. You wanted to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the lusts of our flesh and the result of all of this is that we get enslaved. Our flesh works together with Satan's culture and we get enslaved. Now, I, I want to take just a little sidelight and, and, and how would I say, I, I want to be honest because I think sometimes people say, oh, you're just, uh, you know, you're not looking at reality. Does it feel good to get high? Is there a good feeling? Uh, yeah, initially. I, I can remember, you know, the, the first time I experienced even a couple different uh, substances. I remember thinking the same thing, you know, once when I was like 13 and another time when I was, I, I was 28 when I experienced it. I remember distinctly thinking, I want to feel like this always, forever. From now on. <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember yeah. thinking that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, do I know that it feels good 
to do something like that. I mean, I, I, I take his word for it, okay? I've been yeah. taking some of that same stuff myself lately. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not as much as he did. Yeah, yeah I, can, I understand, okay? So don't call me a Pollyanna. I understand there's a good feeling that goes with it. I understand there's a good feeling that goes with sex. I understand that there's a good feeling with, with all kinds of pleasures that are God-designed pleasures. I understand there's a good feeling. God does not condemn us for enjoying life. James 1.17 says, He has given us richly all things to enjoy, but they have to all be in their place according to God's word. If we aren't careful, if we aren't careful, and, and I, I, just, I guess I'll give you an example from my own life. You know, I, I've been taking two different pain pills every night when I go to bed, and I can sleep for eight hours real good. And last night I said, I'm not taking them. Okay, I've got a bunch more in there, and it's the same stuff he used to abuse. Okay, and I thought, how will I know when I should quit taking them? Well, I'm going to try now. Okay, and I did just fine. Okay. Because I've read articles about pastors that are hooked on drugs, too, and they get hooked just exactly the same way. The, we've got to be watchful and realize that the world is going to push us and the world is going to tempt us and our flesh is going to be sucked right into that temptation. And so in contrast to that now, what is God's concept of liberty? Um, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, please. Matthew 11. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does that sound like Jesus promising to give us liberty, peace? It is. But now watch this next verse. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But there is a yoke and a burden to being in Christ. Scott, stand up for a minute there. Yeah. I, and just, if, if we were two oxen, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and somebody wanted to use us to work, they would take a big hunk of wood and it would go across our neck like this with a thing around it. And they'd have some, some leather on the back and they'd, they'd give us a swack and, and we'd pull. We would be yoked together. That's what Jesus says right here. He says, go ahead, you can be seated, thank you. He says, you want to be free? Then if you want to be free, get in the yoke with me. There is no such thing as personal independence which allows you to make all of your own life choices. There's no such thing. There's no such thing in the world. Scott tried that. You thought you were free. Right up until the point where they closed the door without the key. <laughs> um, but even before that, you knew you weren't free. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I even remember, you know, I was, I was telling you about, you know, a lot of times I would, I would take a break, you know, during, during all the madness when I was running for that couple of years. Take a drug break. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And take a, take a break and go find a church somewhere and, um, you know, and, and I'd have friends like stay in the car and stuff. And I would go in and I would go to a service and, and just so I could take a break, you know, and just uh, so a little bit of peace from all that craziness that was going on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. So... The world promises freedom but delivers slavery. Christ promises freedom, but he says it requires a partnership relationship. 
He doesn't say he is going to save you and then say, okay, be free, little one, go and do what you like. We need to understand that. Freedom comes from partnership with Christ. God's liberty comes from a relationship with Christ. I, I hate to use the word partnership because that implies that somehow I bring to the table as much as he brings to the table. And, and I know that's not true, but it is this yoking together. It's me getting in there with him because he says, my yoke is easy. Scott was under a yoke, but it was hard. The Christian now, he's under a yoke, <laughs> but it's easy. <laughs> the, the yoke of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, I thought you were talking about my PO. No. That's probation officer for those of you that don't know. <laughs> I told you we we didn't rehearse all of this, but. <laughs> You came to Christ as a young man. Was that a real difference? Was that, excuse me, was that a real decision? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've heard people share that before. You know, it's like, I, well, I, I, even yourself, I think, um, a couple times, you know, it's like, you know, why wouldn't I want Jesus in my heart? You know, and why wouldn't I want to go to heaven? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when did you become in the yoke with Christ? Oh, yeah, yeah, actually, you know, much, much more so, you know, and, and, and I've, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about that as a, a good number of things, but, um, you know, um, it almost seems like it's different, different levels of, of the same thing, but, but it wasn't until I finally, you know, got to that place where, where everything was all stripped away, and I didn't have any other choices, and I started looking around me, and, and I was like, you know, I don't really belong here. I don't, I don't, I can't relate to these people. In jail. And yeah, 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 especially once I got to prison. And, and um, you know, I, I did, I had to make a decision, you know, wh where was I going to turn? What was I going to depend on? And, and I began to understand what, what complete God dependence was. And, 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 and I discovered that when I leaned on him, when, when I made him number one, and when I, when I, when I, you know, dug into the word, you know, like never before, things got easy, you know, much, much easier. And, and are, you know, are, are you telling me my yoke is easy and my burden is light? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like night and day. You know, I, I could, you know, I could I could I could walk the yard, you know, with with confidence and and and, you know, stand up for myself when 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 I needed to and, and with with complete confidence and and. You know, and I learned to, to, to not take my eyes off him, not, not even, you know, not wait until, you know, you know, it was like, you know, 14 sons later, you know, when, when, when things were way out of control, but to just to nip it in the bud and, and turn back to him so that, you know, so that the rest of the day would, would be, you know, it was, it was like, I, I, keep, I keep telling people, you know, it was, it was different there, you know, it was like, we'd sit around and, and we'd be watching the clock, we're like, man, isn't it time to go to church yet? I mean, it was a totally different deal. Um, yeah, I, he, he said when he was in jail, he was trying to get into church, not trying to get out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So think Every about day. that, all of you that are watching the clock right now. Mm. <laughs> hey, how does Jesus describe the relationship with him, the one that gives liberty? Mm. Number one, it's an issue of belief. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Scott believed in Christ as his savior. He did not go perhaps far enough in his faith in Christ. But this is the beginning point. If you are here today and you have never put your faith in Christ and you're saying, well, Pastor Dave, I'm not enslaved to anything, then I just want to say, you will be. And I don't say that arrogantly. I say that because I know what God says. You're either God's slave or somebody else's or something else's. 
And it starts with belief. If you've never believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he came and took on human life, and he died and shed his blood as we celebrated today in, in, the, in the communion, and he, and he died on the cross and was buried and rose again three days later. If you've never believed that, that is the beginning of spiritual liberty. Because when you believe that, God will remove your sin and implant a life of righteousness. And that's where freedom comes from. Number two, it's an issue of sacrifice. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will, will find it. There are sacrifices that must be made in the Christian life to maintain the life of true spiritual liberty. You cannot play with fire and not get burned, whether you're a believer or not a believer. If Scott was a believer in Christ, walking straight down the path of sin. Okay? It won't work. You can't do that. You cannot control sin. It controls you. You can confess it and reject it and walk away, but you cannot, you cannot hang on to it and say, I, I can handle it. Did you ever think that? Did you ever think, oh, I, I can handle this, or oh, yeah. maybe I'll just do a little? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember. I remember, I, you know, I, I was going through some stuff in my life, and, and you know, I, I'd been clean for six and a half years, and, and I, thought, I thought, you know, what? It's like, I need a break. You know, I'm going to take a little break. You know? <laughs> I've been clean for six and a half yeah, years. I need yeah. a break. Yeah, I'm going to take a break. You know, and, you and I deserve I'm gonna... a break today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I, I thought, you know, yeah, and I'll, I'll just be able to just go right back to where I was, you know, and, and, and you know, I'll go to a meeting and, and everything will be the same. Well, it wasn't the same, you know. They, they have a thing in meetings they talk about. They talk about jails, institutions, and death. Those are the only places where people like me end up. And I saw all three of them multiple times during that three, two years or whatever. And, so um, you, th you thought you were going to take a little break and it yeah. ended up to be two years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and unfortunately, folks, his, his, uh, his sin is more visible than some of ours. His slavery is more visible than some of ours. That doesn't mean it's any less enslaving, that ours is any less enslaving. We have to make some sacrifices. We may have to make a sacrifice like this. All who, live desire, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, which means, uh, especially I'm thinking of young people, you may have to say, you know what, I'm not going to be hip, slick, and cool. There are people that are going to look at me and say, oh, are you afraid to try this? And you're going to have to say, Jesus, give me courage to look them straight in the eye and say, you know what? I'm trying to please the Lord with my life, and I'm sorry, I just can't do that. And you're going to suffer persecution. It is a sacrifice you will have to make in order to maintain freedom. There is a price to freedom. You know, we talk about that all the time in our country. There's a price to freedom. There's also a price to freedom in the Christian life. It's also an issue of appreciation. Um, you told me, Scott, that one of the reasons you don't want to fall back into sin is because you appreciate what Christ has done for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like I, I, I keep running into that one verse that I want to, you know, I want to walk worthy, worthy of my calling, you know, and, and not not take that chance. You know, I, I, was, I was trying to explain it to, to David. You know, it's like I do have a PO, you know, and I, I, I don't have to see him for a month. Like I theoretically I could do whatever I want to do. But but, you know, if I choose that particular sin tomorrow, I can guarantee I'm not going to be available on August 4th for my PO. And. <laughs> You know, I I don't want to I don't want to go there. You know, it's like I don't want to die in 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 my sin. I, I just yeah. I don't. You don't want to meet Jesus with a needle in your arm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Here's a verse about respecting Christ, or about appreciating Christ, and they sang a new song, saying, "You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seal, for you were slain, and you have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation." If we really get our mind around the fact that Christ gave up his life for us, 
And he says, look, I'm asking you to live righteously. That is my request of you in exchange, not to earn salvation, but to demonstrate appreciation for salvation. It ought to be a motive. And there's another issue here in, 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 in how Jesus describes re relationship with him, and it's an issue of respect. Scott and I were trying and trying to remember a passage oh, of scripture, yeah. and I finally <laughs> found it after he was right gone, on. and it's this. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So it's not talking about losing your salvation. It's just talking about the scripture, like in, in 1 John 5 and in James 5 and in 1 Corinthians 5, which all talk about the fact that there is sin that leads to death. A few weeks ago, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which says it's possible for us to meet the Lord and to meet the Lord with nothing in our hands because we have lived such a wicked life as a Christian. This passage of scripture talks about God judging his people. Scott said, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to trample underfoot the blood of the one who saved me. There's one more issue in this relationship with Christ, and it's an issue of accountability. What is accountability in the body of Christ? I think it's, it's this right here. It's a commitment to help one another. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Now, and uh, I gave Scott a copy of all of my notes, so he, you know, he's not surprised by anything I'm, I'm asking him today. Okay. There was a time when, when we tried to help you and you didn't want it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I remember, you know, even, even um, as I began that uh, downward spiral, I mean, there, there were folks that did call, you know, and it's like, I wasn't having it, you know, not even. And unfortunately, you know, it's like I, this, this particular uh, sin, you know, the, it, it, the enemy tells me that, that the lie that I'm going to have to live that way always forever for the rest of my life that, that there is no escape that there is you're a drug no addict out. this is just what you're going to be exactly exactly and so and so at that point you know it's like no matter you know really what anyone says um you know until until i come to that realization until until i reach that that bottom you know it's like i i i don't you know right. i never even want to hear it yeah, yeah. and that's why accountability is not just a commitment to help one another but it's a commitment to be helped When somebody comes to you and says, I think you're brushing up against the edge of sin. Okay. We're not talking that they came and said, are you really wearing those pants today? <laughs> Do you like those clothes as well as the ones that are in style now? You know, that kind of thing. We're talking about if they, if they get their courage up and they come to you and they, and they say, sister, brother... I really think you're brushing up against the edge of sin here. What is your response? See, Galatians uh, 6 that we just looked at says, it's our responsibility to go and say, can I help you? Can I help restore you? But there's also a scripture that says, as Christians, we should obey those who rule over us and be submissive, for they watch out for our souls as those who must give an account let them do so with joy and not for grief, for they look out for your souls. We need to, somehow we've got to develop a culture that says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the input that this mature person is giving me. I'm going to stop and listen. Now, obviously there are times when people just flat out are determined to live in sin. But 
when they finally do come around, we have to be ready to restore them. We should never give up on people. We should always be looking. We should always be praying. How many of you prayed for him in the last two, three years? Raise your hand. That's why we list people on the prayer list who aren't necessarily attending church. Twenty years ago, after a church service, a mom and her teenage daughter talked to me. They said, me to talk to you, Pastor, and said, fine. We went in the office and closed the door, and, and uh, they said, uh, teenage daughter here is pregnant. And so we talked about that a while. And one of the things that I said was, one of my concerns is, is this, and one of my questions is this. And I, I like to use questions to get people to think in a direction. And I said, what do you think this is gonna, what do you think is gonna be required for this to not happen again? <clears throat> Clueless, no idea. Now, the reason I asked that question was, I knew this girl was not a disciple. I think she had made a profession of faith, but I knew she wasn't really living for the Lord, you know, kind of like Scott described his life, kind of a dabbler, you know, whatever. Um, and I knew she needed discipleship, and where I was trying to get to was to say, here's a mature woman in the church, and she would be glad to sit down with you and to try to teach you the things of the Lord and help you grow along. Because if, 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 this is gonna, if we're going to keep this from happening again, you have to be spiritually strong. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Had the young, had the young mother who was going to work with this, you know, uh, had the mature woman who was going to work with this teenager, got that set up. They never met. They never met. She had two more children. You're going to live in freedom? You're going to live in slavery. God says you can live in freedom. But it requires yoking up with him. And I want to invite you to do that today. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to yoke up with you. Help us to believe Help us to sacrifice. Help us to be accountable. Help us to, help us to be real disciples, not just dabblers. Father, if there's somebody here today that especially needs to be set free, set them free. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Worship team, come. We're going to sing. A song to give you a chance to think as you, you can just leave that here for now.